Coming up, with rumors starting to circulate that Jonathan Kaminga could be on the precipice of frustration with the Golden State Warriors, we break down why he is a targetable player for the Brooklyn Nets and why the mold, the model of player, is exactly the sweet spot where the Nets can hope to take a big leap forward. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie. He's the owner-operator of DFSR for all your daily fantasy sports projections. From DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbrick, picking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast and the sadly eliminated New Jersey Devils on the Devils Puck Luck Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms and let you know that you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And Doug, maybe, just maybe, there's a guarantee that the Brooklyn Nets can start to tread into some of these interesting waters around players, as we'll discuss first and foremost, like a Jonathan Kaminga, you unearthed. I think this premise for the Brooklyn Nets. So break down why a player like him could be so attractive. Yeah, look, it came out over the weekend. It was originally in a Shams. Shams retweeted an Anthony Slater piece who covers the Warriors for the Athletic, and then Evan Sittery got in on it. And But they were talking about just Kaminga as the, the possibility that Kaminga, who obviously was drafted a few years ago um, by the Golden State Warriors, that he is looking for an expanded role and kind of has become unhappy with his you know, non-role in Golden State. And that there's a chance that like he hits the market and there's a lot of different reasons why it could be the case. Look, this, there's other reasons why I couldn't, but at the time, I, and I, I got to pat myself on the back here is one of the first people that maybe just the first of the next world to jump on this to be, and then it kind of made the rounds. But was that like, this is just the exact kind of guy that where the nets are right now that they should be targeting like this. And, I'm gonna, and we're going to give tons of examples of why this should be the case for the Nets and why, like, this specific kind of archetypal guy makes sense. But, like, I'll call them post-hype sleeper kind of guys. Like, that the Nets should be sort of, like, not all in on this type of player, but very aggressive in trying to get this type of player. Because I think where they are in their build, like, this guy kind of makes sense. And... I would love to see it happen. We'll give other examples too. But like when you hear about Kaminga, we'll talk a little about like what happened to him this season. But like when you hear about a guy like Kaminga, it would like what the Nets already sort of have together on the team. Like, do you feel like this is the kind of dude that makes sense for the Nets to want to target? Oh yeah. I mean, listen, just from a, from a skill set standpoint, from a trajectory, and you said like discussing kind of how we got a little bit of another bigger sample size due to injuries for the Golden State Warriors this season, of course. And by the way, two years uh, under his belt and still, 20 years old and 200 yeah. plus days. So still also in the sweet spot when it comes to the age range of having a guy that assuming he takes those next steps forward, you can sign him to the next contract and the contract after that, right. And have a real kind of piece here that maybe bridges the gap, no pun intended between Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. And then the next wave, because guess who else is still young on this team? Nicholas Claxton, right? So you can kind of do a both. And here the, I, I will say, um, I, I don't want to pour, cause I, I want to get your continued, conversation around what happened this season 
when you initially brought this up to me and doing it on the show, the first thing I ran to was like, well, where's this contract and why is this a possibility? The role for Golden State and wanting to have an expanded role. That makes all the sense in the world if you're Kaminga. But when you go over and look at the fact that Jonathan Kaminga had the 23-24 club option exercised on him for just north of $6 million, uh, as the base salary on that, and then has another club option at 22 years old and 24-25 for 7.6. While we know that the Golden State Warriors are coming up to a very interesting decision-making process around a lot of their older players, the other thing I think we know about Golden State is they're pretty smart. Like they, they, they tend to do things, you know, fundamentally sound as far as NBA franchises go. And I think I have a hard time looking at this player, getting excited for all the reasons you're, you know, we bring up and then going and the, and the golden state warriors are going to be open to this. Even if it does become maybe just a push come to shove around dollars, I, I get that piece of it. But I think I'd be more excited if it was like a walk year coming up for him here, or the money was a little bit larger where the Golden State Warriors are still going to want to bring back a Draymond Green beyond this next season, et cetera. Yeah, so I totally get it. Like, w- the Warriors are a smart team. They are in some kind of luxury cap hell here, I like more than, like, most teams could ever even imagine, to the point where, I, and, I, you know, I'll push back on the would they do it. They literally just did it with the number one overall pick uh, in James Wiseman less True. than six months ago, where they unloaded him kind of just about money. Because they, they, and then he couldn't find a role and he wasn't really fitting their scheme and like whatever. But yeah. it was like it was going to cost them like four x whatever he was getting paid just on the salary cap hit. So they were like they are in a money problem area here. I, I don't know if Kaminga fits exactly. I mean Kaminga did play this season, so I I don't think it's a one to one comparison. But we do have an example of them cutting their losses with again the number one overall pick. In lies, and, and, and the so, other thing you can and, say oh, too sorry, is- sorry, sorry, sorry. He was the second overall pick. Edwards, Edwards was first. It was Edwards, Wiseman, Lamella. So we'll keep it in there, and I'll I'll do better next time. But like top top two pick, whatever. Yeah. With Kaminga, yeah. with Kaminga, it's interesting. Like I, I'm with you. Like most teams wouldn't do this. The Warriors are in a very tricky situation with their money and and wanting to keep their guys together. Let's just entertain the idea where it d- does become where it gets put on the table, right? Like where like they are in penny pinching territory they have to unload some of this this young core that was supposed to be him that was supposed to be it it was like wiseman moody and kamingo where they kind of spike these high lottery picks in um, in between years of their franchise the reason the nets should be like thinking about guys like this is because you the, the dream scenario for the nets is kamingo actually represents it which is he was at one point a very highly touted prospect. He's number seven overall pick in the draft. If he, if the draft had been a year before, he would have gone higher. Like if he had been draft eligible for the the season before, I think he would have been like a top three pick. He slipped a little bit because of the G League stuff um, that year, but didn't slip far. Like he slipped, um, he slipped to seventh, I think overall, right? Yeah, he slipped to seventh that season behind Gideon in front of Franz Wagner. Like, but then the realization around Kaminga is like. Okay, so you have this post-hype guy. You have this guy who at one point was very highly touted. And kind of his main problem is he just hasn't really gotten to play, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's not – it's not. and now you might say, well, it's chicken under the egg. Is he not getting to play because he's not good enough? Or is he not getting to play because, like, this is just kind of the wrong team for this guy to be playing on, right? And, like, what, 29 other teams would have found the way to get this guy way more minutes at this point. Like, the Nets are in a situation now where this has to be the exact guy. Like – the rateables are all there. He tests out well as like a as a as a sort of darling in the draft at one point. So there's like pedigree, right? 
and you look at the situation and you say to yourself, well, what didn't happen? We just didn't like get to play enough. And I'll give <laughs> other examples of guys like this later. Like the role just wasn't there. But does that make sense what I'm saying? Like why like this is like just the exact guy? I like I'd give a, a pick or something like to do it because I think that like there's enough there, there's enough meat on the bone to like really see some upside here. Oh, hundred percent. Now, and, and the other, that was the other question is like, what are you willing to give up to acquire and potentially? Right. And it's funny because the uniqueness around Kaminga and specifically the Golden State Warriors, as you said, well, it's because they ran so bad on injury luck that end normally a team of that caliber with those expectations and those goals, season over season championships are not in a position to draft a player this high, which also means that they're a team that is not inspired or feeling compelled to play a young player, right? Young guys play max minutes when they're on teams that have everything to gain by playing the young stars. Maybe not the Brooklyn Nets when it comes to Canton Thomas, but that's neither here nor there, right? So I think that that's a big factor here. And you talk about this past season, if you want to dream on, on what could be possible, it spikes around when Wiggins leaves for personal reasons. He's away from the team for a while. So Jonathan Kaminga's numbers like get skewed in terms of the almost 21 minutes per game because he played more for a stretch. And then immediately gets put right back into the, the back end, not getting utilized enough rotation of Steve Kerr. But you saw all the incremental progress that you want, specifically on the three-point shooting. He goes from 33 on two points attempt per game, dials it up to 37, right? So just seeing that across the board, free throw percentage isn't good enough. But I think to your point, if you can lean on the fact that he was universally agreed to be a talent worthy of a top 10 draft pick, it means that the potential is still in there. and not unlike other guys we're going to talk about in a second here, there is the world where if he just plays 30 plus minutes a game, all of a sudden that next level gets unlocked. Something that you may not see over the next two seasons. If he stays with golden state. All right, we're going to break it down. Some more of the guys that kind of like fall into this bucket of examples of why the net should be able to target or want to really target guys like this, regardless of fit. We'll get into that in a second. First going to tell you about our friends over at game time. Look, buying tickets these days should not be stressful. You're going to something fun. You want to go to it. You want to get the tickets. You want to get the best price. You want to know where you're sitting and you don't really want to just be in a full competition mode. That's why you have to go check out the game time app. It's got everything you want in the area. If you go to gametime.co right now or on the app, Padres Yankees coming up here later this week. They already got they're already out there with Jets Giants for way out in October. They got there up on game time. US Open tickets right around CONCACAF Gold Cup. I mean, it's all there for you over on game time. You're gonna be able to see the seats that you're gonna sit in. You're not gonna have to just do all this like planning months in advance. You know you're gonna have the tickets, you know you're gonna have the right deals. Uh, you can buy the tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, and you're all set. Sent directly to your phone so you're not digging through your email. Snag the tickets without the stretch stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so before we expand into the other um, other players and other examples of this, both past and maybe guys that could be on the fringe coming up here around the NBA potentially, um, you mentioned there about being willing to give up, say, a pick for it. Like, what are you willing to do to get Kaminga? Because that is the unique position the Nets are in, as we know, with all the draft capital that they've acquired through the Kyrie and through the Kevin Durant traits to say, we actually could throw a little something out here for you and, and see if you bite on it, knowing that it actually doesn't damage us and being able to continue to add additional young talent. 
Oh, like this year's pick? I don't know. Like uh, one of those other future, like, I, like, I don't think the Warriors would do that, but if they were looking to like restart some of their young guy clock and just like reset some of the money, um, like this year's pick would be a no brainer. I don't think that'd probably be enough for Golden State, but I don't know. It's a first round pick. It's not like total end of the lot. It's not the total end of the first round. That would and, be and an obvious thing. That'd be an obvious thing for me. I don't think, I think it's not enough, but um, and, that, and, that would be in a millisecond. Yeah. Well, there's been some scenarios too that have been talked about because I, I did start to, Here's the way it works, folks. Just a little peek behind the curtain of the show. Doug says the possibility of Nets targeting a young player. Adam goes to trade machines. He starts getting excited. He starts dreaming on it. But but one of the things I thought about was because a lot of the articles that are being discussed right now, uh, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, is what would Sean Marks prefer to do? And I did that whole episode last week discussing the past years and how he's danced around the board a little bit, tried to push off picks for future drafts. If the Nets come up at 21 and they get a guy that they like there, calling Golden State and saying, hey, 22nd pick, do you like somebody here? Do you want this? And then I go immediately back into my roster and I look at a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith and I say, hey, veteran talented player, not a terrible cap hit, controlled by the team. I throw him into the mix who once upon a time was worth two first round draft picks. We don't know if it's still the same, but if those two things together get me a younger prospect, a guy that I like the upside of, I think that that's a move you can make as Sean Marks as the Nets and not feel like you actually really cost yourself too much, right? Like, there's a real value there. Like, he comes in and starts playing, we know, immediately for the Brooklyn Nets, and I think you have to consider that getting younger and getting more upside on your players. Yeah, yeah, conceptually, I like it. I don't think DFS, I was thinking about this more with Dorian Finney-Smith, I don't think he fits, like, Golden State's, like, kind of personnel, so I don't, I, I, yeah. I on, a, on a high level, I agree with you. Like, I would love to get younger off him immediately. I'm not sure. Uh, if it can happen, but yeah, like that would be a no brainer for me. Like those things like that, getting younger with higher upside. I do that every time. And I would yeah. give up picks. Like I like give up some of these picks again. This is like, we've seen time and time again, it doesn't happen all the time, but we've seen many times where just like, it wasn't the, necessarily the player. It was the fit, right? It was like this. It, it just wasn't really happening for a number of different reasons. Sometimes it's very difficult to tell. Is it the player's fault that it's like sort of not realizing <laughs> the potential or is it the system and the coach and the timing and the pressure, and there's, like, weird other situation. Golden State's a tough place to play. The system's super tough. Like, it's, you know, it's it's unlike most other systems. You have to be fully bought into it. You're not going to really ever shoot. <laughs> like, there's a lot of problems <laughs> with situations that, like, it can make it really, really tough. And I just think that, like, wanting – and the Nets have to get younger and more athletic. That has to be the goal. Like, athleticism and youth – has to be like, and if it hasn't looked amazing on the court all the time, that's okay. And if like, yeah. oh, we have another thing I heard a lot too is, oh, we have a lot of wings. Who cares? Who cares? Like, 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 oh, it doesn't like fit. We need this and this and this. The Nets don't need anything except for youth and athleticism, so they can begin yeah. to rebuild the roster. Like, yeah, would it be nice to have a, a, a slightly better point guard situation? Yeah, definitely. Would you like to have like someone that's like a clear four or like a stretch four stretch? Yeah, of course. But that's like should not be. That should not be what the – no, of course, never, yeah. never. Oh, yeah. they say plays the same position as some other guy you like? Get out of here with that. Like, get out of here <laughs> with that. Like, like I, I'm, I'm sick of hearing that Like yeah. from people. It's, it makes no sense. And it is funny, too, because you bring up that point because and – I, and I think this does matter. If you want to have the argument of you have a lot of wings or, or you know, what, what, what do we think we can do in the coming year or two with the players we currently have? And, and for the most part, fans, I think, have a realistic kind of outlook on where this team can go. But by the way – Say you thought 
and I'm, this isn't the case, but say you thought by Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, what, name the guys you want to throw in a couple of picks. Say that you think that by bringing Kaminga and, and any young player and going through growing pains was going to take you from be, being in the playoffs and losing in the first round, being in the playing game or et cetera, right? If you think it's going to marginally lower your ceiling over the next one or two seasons, that is a thousand times worth it on the thought that three or four years from now, we all of a sudden are in the prime position, as we know, to take all that 28, 27, 20, 29 draft capital and then go maybe land a big superstar and add him into the well-established young core. And the one thing the Nets can't afford to do as I continue to make a stronger and stronger case for Jonathan Kamenga for the Brooklyn Nets is that they can't afford to turn around two years from now with a 31-year-old DFS, no. with a 32-year-old yes. Royce O'Neal, right? Like, and we know Joe Harris won't be here. Curry won't be here. But, like, you can't turn around, I mean, looking at, like, the shells of things with Mikhail Bridges getting closer to 30, Cam Johnson at 30, and then having Nicholas Claxton at 25. Like, I, we've done this exercise before on the podcast. Look at the roster right now. Yes, there is talent there, and we saw it play out over the back end of the season but it's not talent that's going to propel you forward beyond the next couple of seasons. So you have to be forward thinking about it. And I think that really is the point that you're speaking to with a guy like Kaming. It's like the upside is there. You got 10 years to figure out how high his ceiling could be potentially. Yeah. Look, I, I'd actually be a little annoyed if some of these older guys were even on the roster to start next year. I, I would feel like actually it was like sort of like a mini failing of like what the, what the real path here is. Like yeah. if some of these guys are still kicking around um, and it's nothing about them necessarily. Like, the Royce O'Neals and the Dorian Finney-Smiths and like forget Curry because he's not coming back and Harris you probably can't tra trade the contract but like it would be a real failing if like they went into next season just sort of like rolling the balls out and running it back like with this group because and I don't think they will but like if it was like that type of player because I'll give you some more examples let's go because we're going to close this out like I'll give you some more examples of like other guys they can try to get to say it and then we'll take a quick break yeah, no, and and it is because to your point, whatever becomes of Jonathan Kaminga or the other names that we'll bring up here in a moment, you have to take the chances on what yes. could be versus what you currently have because you know what all of the veterans on your team are. You don't know what Jonathan Kaminga could be, and we'll break down some additional possibilities coming up here in a second. Before we get to that, I can tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made. Easy. And I'm going to throw another thing on there. They say it's made easy. I'm going to say super easy. Daily, all you're doing are prize picks. You're not wrestling with salary caps. You're not going up against sharks in the water. It's just you putting in entries, going more or less on the player projections. That's it. If you're going for the NBA as we roll through the Western and Eastern Conference finals and then into the finals, all you're doing is you're putting two to six players together. You're going to go more or less on points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, and you can win up to 25 times your money on every entry. There's a $1 million daily Superflex promotion for it happening at PrizePix right now. You get in those entries. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern is going to be randomly selected. Whoever gets that entry is going to get a chance at a $1 million. If you get six correct picks, a million, five correct, 80,000, four correct, 16,000. Watering uh, numbers right there. PrizePix offers um, projections on any sport you can watch, NBA, NFL when it comes back, MLB rolling through the season. PGA, we got some ma uh, majors coming up. You download the Prize Picks app and go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Got to use that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. So um, 
I want to dial up these other, yeah, I want to dial up these other names, the other possibilities, but I'll be honest with you. It's funny coming out of the season. And this is what happens when Doug and I start to ruminate on different ideas like this. I came out of, I understood why you kept some of the veterans around down the stretch with Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Now, fast forward, you just said it there in the last segment, like, well, now you kind of can't have all these dudes on the roster next year because this, even the sacrifice of like, say, instead of going 20 and you know 15 to start the season or whatever, you go 15 and 20, flip it. Fine. Like, totally worth it because the growing pains are going to be worth it. What are the other guys, though? Because um, I we, when we were talking before we started, this is not it wasn't a one to one, but I did have a somewhat <laughs> I had a comical thought about a specific NBA team, but I'll get there if we have time. All right, look, just an example, just real quick, a few examples of guys like this has worked out with recently. Like Roy Hutchimer just went for a, buck, a bucket load of second-round picks and is, like, actually playing meaningful minutes for the Lakers now. Same kind of thing, like, big attributes, pretty athletic, doesn't do certain things well, but clearly in the right sort of system, it can kind of work, right? Let's The Nets have the have the guy here. on. It's not exactly right, but Mikhail Bridges, like, underutilized in the last stop, <laughs> completely utilized here. And you're like, oh, we got a borderline superstar in their hands. So, you know, there's different versions of this. You get you said off the air, which is a good one, like Andrew Wiggins. It's like that's a little different because it was like overpaid and the contract was weird. But then it was like, you know, the second most important <laughs> or third, my third most important after Draymond, like Warrior, right? Like there are there are examples of these guys. Oh, yeah. And they get uncovered in a lot of different ways. I mean, listen, D'Angelo Russell, you can make the case that he got jettisoned too quickly and then reclaims himself a little bit in Brooklyn and goes on to have a more productive career. And the irony, I'm using almost him as the the tie in here between he ends up with the Minnesota Timberwolves where things just don't work out and then goes and becomes a key contributor for the L.A. Lakers and their deep playoff run. Andrew Wiggins, who couldn't seem to find himself with the Minnesota Timberwolves, gets shipped out, overpaid great, becomes a very key piece in a well-run organization in their championship runs. I, there's something here, I think, when we talk about Carl Anthony Towns. He may just be a perennial first ballot Hall of Famer trapped inside of the Minnesota Timberwolves body. We'll see how it unfolds. But but there are examples like that. And the, the, the biggest factor, and you and I have talked about this um, when it comes to draft classes, right? I love to dream on even second-round picks. We know Nicholas Claxton was. It's few and far between. Even late first-round picks that really pan out to be key contributors. And that's the X factor here is that all of these guys sit at the top with Kaminga, like they have a pedigree that suggested they could have been one of the better players in the league. And for whatever number of reasons, it hasn't panned out. And it's for some other team to maybe capitalize on, especially if you're in the Golden State Warrior situation, cap restraints, or maybe a guy, you know, injuries are a big factor too. I'm like trying to scratch my head around guys that like weren't as productive. They could have been. We've talked about him in previous episodes. Like, Zion may end up becoming that guy, even though we've gotten the sniff of it. You may not end up seeing what he truly is until he ends up somewhere else. And he has big money, and I get that. But it is interesting, man. Like it has me, it has me re recalibrating what I think the Nets should and could accomplish this offseason to really take this team and go from saying, well, our window is two to three years and reevaluate when those big picks come in. Well, now it could be like, let's start. A, a different version of a rebuild, right? Like, I think that that's what's changing my mind here. It's like, yes, we can get a lot younger around a couple of key players that we really like. Yeah. So like another example of a guy like this, and by the way, sometimes like you gave the good, you gave like the, the superstar examples of it, which is always going to sound a little bit better, like for right. sure, because like sometimes these names aren't going to be like super fun to hear about. Right. Because it's like, but there's a reason why, like the stock has dropped. <laughs> right. And the situation is great. I'll give you a couple. Like One, Isaac Okoro, right? Like, like, so you look at the situation in Cleveland, all right. He was like, they couldn't really play him because there was like some like shooting issues. 
he was a fifth round pick. Sorry, he's a fifth overall pick. It was a weak draft. It was the Edwards uh, draft, and like the behind him, it wasn't like anyone made huge mistakes after him. Um, but 22 years old, we know the Cavs could probably desperately use a three and D wing. Like they didn't really have it. Like the Nets have a couple of these guys that could like actually fit in. It, they clearly didn't want to play Okoro tons of minutes. Okoro did hit that dagger buzzer beater against the Nets, and like the only three only three pointer he hit all year was against the Nets at the buzzer. Um, but like that's a guy I'm like, okay, look. Yeah, does it look great? Like, are you going to look at the situation in Cleveland and think to yourself, oh, we're going to get that guy? It's like, that cannot be how we're thinking. We cannot be thinking like that. It's like at some point he went high in the draft for a reason. It hasn't totally worked out. There's definitely flaws in the game. It might not work out now, right? right. <laughs> but like, but like these kind of players looking at these kind of guys, Kobe White is sort of like this in, 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 uh, in Chicago, right? It's like, it's it, guys like, I actually like, I probably like Okoro better than Kobe White, but like situations like, hey, you know who's hard to play with? Donovan Mitchell. And when he takes a million shots, <laughs> right? Like, right. you know, like who's like, who's hard to play with? Like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan when they take all the shots, right? Like sometimes you just don't get a sense of what these guys can be when you play and you're paired with high usage guys. Again, to use the Mikhail Bridges example. Chris Paul and runs pick and roll with DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker takes all the rest of the shots. There's nothing left over, right? right? So, like, make, so you have to look at these situations and be like, hey, have we actually gotten a full example of what these guys can be like? No. Kobe White went seventh overall in the draft at one point. Two behind Garland. You know what I mean? Jared Culver was another guy like this, but he's out of the league. Anyway, my point is it doesn't always work out like cam yeah. reddish everyone thought they were going to turn cam reddish into something and he's on his like fourth team now and he stinks so it doesn't right. always work out for sure but like these kind of guys go and look at the situation the, the better way to look at these situations this be the last thing i say the better way to look at some of these situations would not be like what has happened for them but rather what might have stopped a better thing from happening for mm -hmm. them <laughs> right yeah. like Go look at the teams they're on, who they were playing when the opportunity they have or didn't have. Go look at those. Is like, can you tell yourself a story about a few reasons like this might not have worked out? If you can, and at one point those guys had pedigree, the Nets should target those guys. And, and in those in those situations, again, the the price point, right? When the when the price point is correct, it, it becomes a fairly low cost flyer. And the other factor we didn't even really talk about here is just being able to bring the money down for the Brooklyn Nets, right? Finding ways to decrease and stay well underneath the the luxury tax threshold and clean some things up. We know you got to wait and dream on what Ben Simmons is or is not going to be or come back healthy, et cetera. But there are things that you can do to be proactive. And when you talk about some of these young players around the league. You know, everyone to a man always says two things. One, that the best way to develop a young player is to get minutes. That's the way that they get it, getting minutes at the NBA level. And when it comes to Kaminga, maybe the best thing that you can say is that he is right now, after two seasons in the league and, and a bit of frustration, he's voicing, hey, I want to be out there playing more. I still think that my pedigree is top 10 NBA draft talent. I need to be in a position where I can do that. Yeah, and it just is. I, like, if you watch him play, it, like, it's definitely there. It's an all-click. It didn't all click, but it's it's there. And I actually think the Golden State will probably see that too. But I, again, <laughs> it was a, it was this was a this was a, a a trampoline move into like getting into talking about these kind of players, right? Yep. So like that's that's the whole thing is like start gotta gotta think a little outside the box. It's not always gonna look easy. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, much appreciate everyone that's rolling with us through the uh, off season here. We got draft stuff. I know we tease this a few times. We definitely are coming here. Draft stuff is coming up. Lockdown's running some uh, draft lottery stuff. We're going to be joining in on that. We're going to be locking in 
on some of the guys that are projected to go in the Nets range. There's some pretty interesting uh, dudes out there. The Nets do have a lot of decisions to make around the picks that they have this season. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, definitely an interesting draft. We're going to be getting to that soon. Much appreciated. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Nets on YouTube. We knew exactly who we were and where we were going. It was grand. That is Gordy Lachance. Oh, one of the all-time... Is that Muddy Dunks? Wait, is that that? Uh, that's Gordon Bombay, but Gordy oh, Lachance. Gordon, wait, 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 Gordon Lachance. Gordy Lachance. Stand, by, stand me. by me, right? Yeah, stand yeah, by yeah. me. Just actually just talking about it the other day. I, make sure, I know there's not a perfect way to close the show here, but um, my kid is finally old enough to see uh, this movie, which was one of my all-time favorites, which is why I'm embarrassed, because I was, I was waiting for the sports thing there, and I was like, stand by me, but I don't think he would do stand by me. Oh, um, love it. As an absolute sucker for the coming-of-age stuff, stand by me. Absolute, absolute cast, classic. Gordy Lachance, one of the all-time great poets. We will be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.